You're listening to the Electronic Media Collective Podcast Network. Yeah, it's a mouthful. For more great shows like the one you're about to enjoy, visit electronicmediacollective.com. And now, our feature presentation. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the 1960s Reboot. Today is our first official episode for the new season, and I've asked my good friend Paul, a.k.a. Moose, from Moose's Monster Mash and Bullspit with Moose to join me for this wonderful episode where we discuss the classic 60s reboot for Get Smart. Hey, Paul, thanks for joining me today. How's it going? Do I have to actually get smart for this interview, or can I just fake it? You know what? Uh, it's a comedy, so you can fake it. Sweet. Fake it till you make it. <laughs> so, um, before we dive into the, the series, Paul, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about uh, your show and what you do out there in the podcast world? Well, I do a couple different things. Uh, my primary show, at least it started as my primary show, is uh, Moose's Monster Mash, where we delve into different horror movies or talk with different horror actors each month comes out on or around the 25th of each month ish (laughs) within a day or two and then i also have uh bullspit with moose where it it really started as anything i found interesting and turned into interviews with interesting people and i have some pretty fun interviews i think people are gonna like coming up uh this season awesome so head over to Electronic Media and check them out. I noticed on your show you're doing um, a, a Black History Month, and you just recently interviewed uh, Larry Houston. Yes. Producer for the classic X-Men cartoon, which um, I'm now introduced my kids to. They've been watching it regularly on uh, Disney+. Plus, So uh, it's kind of neat. Yeah, that, that had to be a uh, two-part episode. Awesome. So yeah, uh, listeners, go check out uh, Bullshit with Moose and Moose's Monster Mash after you're done listening to this show. So, Moose, were you familiar with Get Smart prior to uh, me asking you to come onto the show? Yes. I loved watching Get Smart when I was a kid, which is fun because it was all, you know, in syndication and uh, it was like a huge staple on TV land at the time. Oh, yes. That's how that's how I ended up watching it was through the syndication. Um, what's what's some of your fondest memories of, of Get Smart? Oh, man. Like, you know, it's just the, the cone of silence, the shoe phone, just some of the wacky, like all of the spy tropes that kind of got turned on their ear. <laughs> like it, it took James Bond and just let's make it a comedy. Yes, it did. It, and it worked on so many levels. It, it's neat. It's it's like James Bond meets Mel Brooks. Oh, whoop, spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I tell you what, let's uh, let's go ahead and dive right into the history then of uh, Get Smart. Uh, Get Smart is a comedy television series parody parodying the secret agent genre that had become widely popular in the first half of the 1960s with the release of the James Bond films. See, right there, James Bond. Boom. The series was created by Mel Brooks, as I had said, and Buck Henry and premiered on NBC in 1965. 
See, I had no idea Mel Brooks had a hand in it. I'm not surprised looking back on it. I know he he came up with a majority of the uh, the really neat sight gags because it runs a lot like uh, High Anxiety. Yes, yes, it does. It was like the first parody TV series. Then, like, Mad TV, you know, they had a lot of parody stuff. A lot of Saturday yeah. Night Live stuff had par- has parodies. You know, um, Get Smart was definitely the James Bond parody right there on TV. The show starred uh, Don Adams, who also worked as director on the series, as Agent Maxwell Smart, Agent 86. Barbara Feldman as Agent 99. And Edward Platt as Thaddeus the Chief. This series followed the adventures of Maxwell Smart as he battled the evil organization Chaos. Uh, the series was a blend of the James Bond meets Inspector Clouseau from the Pink Panther movies. Smart and his fellow agents had interesting gadgets that would always seem to work two hilarious results. One of the gadgets was the iconic shoe phone, which showed up in various episodes of the series. But what do you think of the shoe phone? Do you think it's a very handy gadget? Well, at least gets you, you know, a mile down the road. <laughs> you know, it's, it, it is interesting to, to go back and watch these episodes. And, you know, the, the shoe phone was like the first cell phone. And you you certainly would have to leg it to, 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 to you know. Well, I mean, it, it's the last place anybody would look for a communication device. Exactly. You know, and you, and you see television episodes or TV shows today where you see the uh, the heroes on the run. And the first thing he does is he takes his cell phone, he throws it on the ground, and he smashes it with a shoe. You know, you really can't do that with a shoe phone. You can't just smash your shoe. No. show ran for five seasons and then was canceled in 1970. Dang. It was followed by a movie called The Nude Bomb. What? What? <laughs> the premise is that a fashion designer wants to take over the world. And so he creates a bomb that annihilates everyone's clothes. So everyone is naked. Hmm. And then had a short-lived revival in 95 with a new series, also starring Don Adams and Barbara Feldon. But this time, their son was the central focus of the show, played by the character actor Andy Dick. I don't know if you had an opportunity to see that series. It was very short-lived. I think they aired like maybe four or five episodes before they finally decided to can it. Do you know what wasn't short-lived that spawned from this show? (laughs) I'm going to say Andy Dick. Inspector Gadget. <laughs> also starring Don Adams. Yes. Yeah, I totally, totally forgot about that when uh, when I was looking up the, the history of the show. It is it is neat that there's a lot of parallels between Inspector Gadget and uh, Maxwell Smart. So, like, yeah, without Get Smart, we wouldn't have Inspector Gadget. Yeah, and, uh, you know, the uh, the great, the great uh, movie after that with uh, Matthew Broderick, or the sequel with French Stewart. <laughs> in 2008, the world saw Maxwell Smart on the big screen with a big budget and big actors for a new Get Smart movie. Um, have you seen the Get Smart movie from 2008? Yes. I have to say, I like I like who they picked to play the uh, the main character, Maxwell Smart. I thought the storyline was a little odd. It's very 2000s. Yes, yes. But you know what? That was then, and this is now. So let's go ahead and reboot the show for today's audiences. So first up, we're going to talk about the characters. Uh, Maxwell Smart, as played by Don Adams. I'm the man that called silence. So Moose, I'm going to go ahead and turn it over to you and ask you, uh, who did you pick for your Maxwell Smart? Jaleel White. Jaleel White. You you mean Urkel from... Urkel, yep. Oh, 
Okay, so he, I can see that. Uh, so he has that, like, if, if you look at some of the stuff he does now, he has that perfect blend of quasi-suave, but can still f- fall back on the, uh, like, physical comedy. Yeah. So he, he's perfect for that spy parody role. And he's he has that look of you, you don't expect him to be this spy. Like, he has that kind of Don Adams appeal to him. Okay. I can see that. They're both characters that, um, well, I should say he played a character that had a, a tagline. And Maxwell Smart has a tagline. And I, I, could, I can see that, you know. Although, would you, would you do a wink and a nod to Jaleel White's uh, classic tagline? Oh, you'd almost have to. At some point, you know, you'd have to have a mess up and, you know, do that. You know, I do that, you know, <laughs> or even slip in the got any cheese. Well, I got to say, it's it's interesting, interesting pick. Um, I went I went a little a little closer to home with how Don Adams looked. And uh, I went with uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt as a Maxwell Smart Mainly because Joseph has a has a great acting uh, history. I mean, he can do comedy, he can do action, he can do drama. Um, and honestly, I think he'd make a really great um, great guy to, to to point out all the hijinks that uh, Maxwell Smart kind of gets into. I can see that he has that he 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 does that serious look really well. But then when you let him cut loose, uh, Lovett really has a chance to just break free and uh, have a go at it. Yeah, that's exactly kind of what I was going for was the fact that, you know, he can be serious. And as you said, you know, uh, plus, you know, watching the series, Maxwell Smart always kind of break the fourth wall every once in a while. And I can see... Um, Joseph doing that in the uh, in the series, he just seems to to fit. Yeah. So now that we've we've kind of discussed a little bit about Maxwell Smart, let's take a look at the uh, the other characters and uh, in particular his um, his partner, his love interest, his version of a Bond girl, Agent Ninety Nine, as originally played by Barbara Felden. Matt. The name is Fred. Oh, Max, this is no time for jokes. We've got now. I wanted to go with somebody that has the acting ability to, to show a strong female character as well as um, kind of have a little bit of that, that sex appeal that, that they had back in the 60s. And I went with uh, the actress uh, Zoe Kravitz. She has a, a great, or a talented family, I should say. I mean, uh, her mom's Lisa Bonet. Uh, her stepdad is Jason Momoa. Um, her dad is Lenny Kravitz. I mean, the, the, the girl is kind of like lived around all this talent and, and, yeah. and artistry and uh, seeing her in some, some of the uh, movies lately like um, X-Men First Class and uh, Mad Max Fury Road you know I could just see her being uh, a strong female character from those roles see I went with uh, Zendaya Zendaya why, why can't uh, Spider-Man oh. Far From Home uh, right. Mary Jane Okay. Okay. Yeah, she's uh, she's definitely 
She's done that comedy, you know, the, the kind of smart she does comedy. Uh, she kind of made a big on Disney Channel with Casey Undercover, where she was a spy oh, in cool. high school. And she was kind of leading that double role there. And it's, it, you know, and then you couple the, the ability to portray the spy with she's starting to take on those strong female leads. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think she'd really have a good showing as Agent 99. Nice. I like that. <laughs> Maxwell Smart and Agent 99 had a boss, and his name was uh, Thaddeus the Chief is how he was credited, or also Chief, and he was played by Edward Platt. Edward Platt, he had a long list of other shows that he was in, and he kind of had that, you know, uh, classic cop police chief look to him. I'm going to ask you, Moose, who did you pick or portray your chief in the uh, in your version of the 60s reboots? Get smart. Well, well, based on looking like a police chief, there's only one guy. I can't think of his name, but as soon as I say the character he's played, you'll know exactly who I'm talking about. J. Jonah Jameson. Uh, J.K. Simmons. Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> like the epitome of a police chief. Like yes. He walks down the street. He looks like... He is living the police chief role. <laughs> so you're you're going Spider-Man on this whole thing. Not intentionally. <laughs> it just kind of happens. <laughs> I, I kind of went a little third rock here. And uh, since Joseph Gordon-Levitt was in that, that great 90s television series, uh, Third Rock from the Sun, and uh, he reported to a guy that, uh, that was kind of the main character of the show. And that was Jonathan Lithgow. And I thought that it would be kind of neat to see those two teaming up once again on a television series. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Lithgow has a way of, of playing both a serious character and a very comedic role. Yeah. And I think he'd make a really great straight man to a lot of Maxwell Smart's shenanigans. I almost prefer his straight man roles. Yes, yeah. Because when, when he's playing straight man, he's, I mean, he is in it yes he is like i mean he he plays comedy really well but when he's playing the dramatic role i don't know there's there's just something about the way he approaches it that he, it takes it to a whole new level he he really really gets involved into the into the character role didn't he play um winston churchill in the tv series the crown i believe so yeah yeah i mean just taking on that kind of a role you know you really had to have to get into the mind of Winston Churchill and, and, and really exude, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? <sighs> Gravitas? Yeah. Panache? <laughs> uh, have, have you seen the Pet Cemetery remake? No, I have not. Uh, Lithgow plays, uh, Judd Crandall, which was originally played by Herman Munster. Right, bringing it back to the '60s there with the uh, Herman Munster, nice, and that it really shows his flair for drama. Because I mean, it is a very serious role. I mean, it's it's a horror movie, so it's not like there's a lot of room for jokes and you know witty comebacks. It's he's kind of this. Uh, he's the uh, thread that ties the story together for most of the movie. 
So it really shows, like you mentioned, the gravitas that he can bring to the screen. And it's a good case study in how well he can perform a dramatic role. Awesome. I'll have to... I'll have to put on my uh, my soon to watch list, my Netflix list, or whatever. We it's on Hulu do. right now. Oh, it is cool. Yep. The chief had uh, another right hand man, maybe a left hand man, or maybe uh, I don't know a southpaw. I don't know, uh, but his name was Agent Larrabee, played by Robert Carvelis. Um I really didn't delve too deeply into Agent Larrabee because it always seemed like he'd show up for a few minutes or a few seconds in a show whenever they had to do like a cutaway scene and having having another um, agent from Control doing something. So I, I went with somebody that kind of looked a little goofy but yet could still, I don't know, kind of be the a lackey. And uh, I thought for my Agent Larrabee, uh, a guy by the name of Zach Woods. For most people, you might know Zach Woods from uh, Silicon Valley. He was the really tall guy, um, always trying to help Pied Piper get off the ground. He also worked for the, um, the really rich uh, investor. I could see that. I, on the other hand, went with Andy Samberg. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I can I can see an Andy Samberg as Agent Larrabee. So he he has that lackey mentality. Like he he strikes me as the uh, always a sidekick, never the hero type. Yeah, and definitely seems like someone you can you know throw some punches off of. <laughs> he, yeah, he could be a, a second fiddle to to JL White. I'm never going to be able to pronounce his name, his first name properly. <laughs> Jaleel. <laughs> Jaleel. All right. Well, then after Agent Larrabee, we're now going to shift over to our chaos side. Ludwig von Siegfried. And he was played by an actor by the name of Bernie Coppell. Uh, later on, Bernie went to go on to other shows like The Love Boat. He played the doc. He was your... Definitely, he was. He's definitely modeled after like an SS um, Nazi soldier, but with more humor. Don't cancel me. True Melbrook style Nazis with humor. Yeah, yeah. Paul, who did you pick for your main 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 chaos? William Neeson. William Neeson. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to give him some uh, stage presence. <laughs> I mean, if you're going to be Ludwig von Siegfried, you know, you should, you know, have a commanding presence. Even if you're, you know, a crackpot, you should at least look like you can you can control a evil organization. Nice, nice. And, you know, he's done a bad guy and a good guy in a humorous cartoon oh is it a cartoon the lego movie yeah bad cop and good cop i yeah i could i could see that that's 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 an interesting take on on uh siegfried me i went a little younger though i went with um a british i believe he's british a british actor by the name of theo james um theo has been in that allegiant divergent uh movie series 
played the character Four, and he was also in two of the Underworld movies, like the later ones that kind of seem to have gone right to video, <laughs> like uh, Blood Wars. Um, but he kind of has a little that little bit of that look where I kind of envision as a Siegfried, based on Bernie Coppell's um, portrayal of him. Gentleman who can who who I think could organize a group of chaos agents. Yeah. So now that I've kind of rambled on about chaos, um, let's go ahead and take a look at uh, Starker. Starker. Uh, he was originally played by Robert King Moody, and uh, he was a big guy. He kind of reminded me of like a boxer or a football player or a lineman. How much did you look into uh, Robert Moody? Uh, not a whole lot, I'll admit. I, I kind of dropped the ball on that one. Do you know he was Ronald McDonald? No, I did not know that. Yeah, the- he's big evil chaos guy, Ronald McDonald. <laughs> well, there's nothing more evil than um, than a clown selling french fries. <laughs> I'm selling diabetes, bitch. Oops, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> a whole generation of uh, of Americans, you know, had peanut allergies because of his oil and his French fries. <laughs> God, maybe he really did work for chaos. Ooh, dun dun dun. <laughs> yeah, so you know, a, a big, bulky guy who's, you know, kind of. Can 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 look kind of dumb looking, but yet that lackey. It, it seems like a lot of the '60s shows, like you know, Batman and them, had your standard um, lackey look, big dumb lackey. Exactly. And so I wanted to pick somebody who's familiar with playing like a big dumb lackey. Um, and looking this guy, looking up this guy that I, I wanted to pick for um, Starker, I realized that he's kind of lost a lot of his chunky weight. He's kind of trimmed up a bit, and then he got kind of beefcake. And the guy that I'm, I was looking at for Starker was Ethan Supley from um, basically every Kevin Smith movie since my dad's. <laughs> Kevin um, Smith movie, Boy Meets World. Exactly. My name yeah. is Earl. Yep. Uh, Raising Hope. Uh, that movie, the, the TV show, The Ranch. Yeah. You know, and, and look up, I mean, he got cut. And I'm like, wow, that's that's definitely a... Um, I want his diet plan. Exactly. <laughs> How many sit-ups was he doing in the morning? I mean, he, he got like ripped. I'm like, wow, that's there's a chaos agent right there. See, my pick was the Juggernaut from the X-Men movies. Oh. Um, like the cartoon? And what sold it for me was his role in uh, Gone in 60 Seconds. Oh, Okay. I thought you were talking about, like, animating a character. um, That really was the lackey role, you know, and he's, I mean, the dude's built like a brick house. Yeah. But he plays the lackey very well, where he's just, I'm here to do a job, let's do it, and on to the next one, you know. And he doesn't talk much. He's just there. Yeah, he's he's definitely your uh, quiet man who carries a big stick. In his case, he is the big stick. 
when you first did Juggernaut, I thought, oh, hey, yeah, an animated character. Then now we're really, really breaking the mold on, uh, <laughs> you know, you've interviewed Larry Houston. We could just have him, you know, get a couple of those people that uh, animated. <laughs> just draw it in. <laughs> a little blue screen. But yeah, Vinny James is the guy that you're talking about. Thank you. It's like, I always get his name mixed up. And it's like, I, I just remember, you know, the line, you know, I'm the Juggernaut. <laughs> Yep, and uh, I think my my favorite role was um, it was from the movie Snatch, or was it Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels? But uh, you know, he's sitting there and he's at a bar, and these guys are trying to rob the bar, but they're using these plastic guns. And then, like Vinny Jones pulls his um, Desert Eagle out and sets it on the table, and he goes, "My gun's real." And then the guys just like slowly back out of the bar. <laughs> but yeah, see what I mean? I mean. Just one sentence, and just the way that they, the writers and directors have him carry himself. He he doesn't have to do much; just appear on screen, and he's this like badass with an attitude, and nobody. Is, you know, he he's like the perfect enforcer. Yes, yes, I totally agree. Um, shoot, I I might just change my pick and make make my <laughs> Von Siegfried, uh, Vinnie James. <laughs> so, well, we're now down to our last uh, last character in the Get Smart series, and that was Jaime the Robot, as played by. Dick Goder, yeah, Dick Goder. Um, now, if you watch the 2008 movie, um, the guy that they picked was uh, oh gosh, why can't I think of his name? Actor uh, Patrick Warburton, yes. And he, you know, he played a really cool um, Jaime the Robot. I mean, he was kind of he knew how to play a wooden character with some wooden acting. And I, I got to say, he did a great job as Jaime the Robot. And it kind of did a lot like what Dick Goddard did with Jaime the Robot. You know, he, he's kind of a stiff guy, walked around, you know, always seemed to, like, save the day by having harm applied to himself. I wanted to go with something similar. I wanted to go with a guy that could be, like, a wooden actor. So I thought of a guy who used to be a wrestler, but now got into acting, um, which some people would say is the same thing. Um, and now he's kind of a spokesman for Mountain Dew. I went with the, uh, the, the wrestler slash actor slash Mountain Dew spokesman of John Cena. But nobody would see him. <laughs> Why would nobody see him? Because you can't see me. Okay. <laughs> How about you? Uh, who'd you pick for your Jaime the Robot? I picked Norm MacDonald. <laughs> Talk about wooden acting. So you, you don't get much more wooden than that. <laughs> you know, he's he's got to make some money after after doing those safe auto commercials. Yeah, so, and he... he he very much, I mean, he has the market cornered on the dry comedy and everything. So I figured if we're going with the same wooden delivery 
it's got to be Norm MacDonald. Yeah. However, if we're going to switch it up, I want to see it be Warwick Davis. But that's because I want to see him play every robot ever. So <laughs> he, he really, he really uh, floated your boat as the uh, paranoid android from uh, Hitchhiker's Guide, huh? Yes, he makes an amazing robot. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's our character breakdowns for uh, for the Get Smart series. So, Paul, did you um, did you come up with an uh, uh, elevator pitch or an idea for like um, an episode for your version of Get Smart? I did not. I was having trouble with that. Ah. Well, I kind of sat down, put the old thinking cap on, and and tried to come up with something that was geared more for today's audience, but then really embraced the classic Mel Brooks series. So I came up with a, a short elevator pitch. Um, so here's here's what I've got: uh, Maxwell Smart and the Agents of Control battle against chaos and their attempts to ruin the world economy and the world powers. They strive for peace and democracy. Chaos's master agent Siegfried is a master of disguise and his lackey stalker infiltrate government, governments, businesses, and even software programs to achieve their diabolical goals. In Episode 1, Smart and Agent 99 must infiltrate a country that has been taken over by Chaos. Max and 99 must rescue a fellow agent with proof of Chaos's infiltration. After several botched attempts and the, the carelessness of Starker, the dictator that rules the country dies and Siegfried and Stalker get away, leaving Max and 99 as heroes of a revolution. After that, each episode sees Max and 99 come away victorious through some kind of mishap. As each episode ends, the next one takes place a few years or months later, to the point where we slowly see the progression of Max getting older and older and older, until finally, the last episode, you see a retired Maxwell Smart sitting on a beach, sipping a Mai Tai, when all of a sudden, up from behind him, is a younger-looking Maxwell Smart. Cut the black. Smartception? <laughs> the, the whole premise of basically season one is going to be uh, establishing who Maxwell Smart is. And then season two, you find out that Jaime the Robot isn't the only robot. I'd watch that. See, the problem I kept running into is every time I tried to do an elevator pitch, it everything I came up with was too close to real. <laughs> like, chaos had infiltrated the White House and uh, turned the country on its ear, and Max had to figure out how far up it had gone and it had reached the Oval Office. <laughs> and it's like, oh, nope, wait, hold on. That's a little too real. Um, dial that back. Um. <laughs> so the role of Siegfried will be played by Donald Trump. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, hmm. It's like, the, yeah, the last four years have just been kind of embedded so far deep that it's really hard to throw out a pitch about an evil organization when, well, you kind of live with an evil organization. <laughs> <laughs> um, the CCTV is not a political show. We do not condone or uh, give our opinion of uh, current political situations. I don't either. <laughs> <laughs> but you just did. <laughs> what, um, what memorable stuff from Get Smart do you, do you enjoy? 
oh man, just it it has to be just some of the like now I guess you'd look back at it and it's camp humor, but like you know, like I said before, just you know, it, it answering that stupid uh shoe phone or you know, there was the cone of silence that made it so nobody else could hear you and it's just this big bubble that comes down over you and somebody else and you know here we are in 2021 and that's like an anti-covid thing so (laughs) it's really interesting yeah i mean it's just little it it was uh different gadgets each week always intrigued me you know, same reason I would like, same reason I liked MacGyver was to see, okay, what are they going to do this week? <laughs> you know, and with Get Smarter was, all right, what new gadget are we going to have this week? Yeah. I gotta say, I think that was the main driving, driving force for the show's popularity was what, what kind of corny gadgets would they come up with? You know, in preparation of the show, I watched a lot of season three and I came across an episode, uh, that I based my, my first episode on and it was, um, you know, Maxwell Smart and Agent 99 infiltrate this South American country that was claiming to be a republic. And it seemed like every five seconds they they would shoot somebody. Um, but the big gadget to get away was this uh, suitcase. And inside the suitcase was a secret compartment. And if you flip the thing just right, the uh, the escape balloon would come out. And so it opened, the suitcase would open up and all this, this giant rubber balloon would come out. And it was like a hot air balloon. Well, when they go to use it, they realize that Max grabbed the wrong suitcase. And when he flipped it and this thing blew up, it blew up to be a little raft. And they couldn't use it because it was a one-person raft. And they were trying to get away in an air balloon. And they were nowhere near a river. Classic Max. (laughs) Oh, Max. Well, see, and and the funny thing is, I think if the show were done now, that would probably get added in just the way TV shows are written these days. Like, as soon as he bumbled something up, it would be, that's Max. <laughs> yeah, I can't think of anything else to add for our uh, our 60s reboot of, of Get Smart. Um, is there anything that you can think of, Paul, before we uh, wrap this up? No, I think we got smart. <laughs> nice. All right, folks. Well, uh, then we'll go ahead and wrap this up. I want to thank you, Moose, for coming by and uh, talking Get Smart with me. Uh, I, I certainly feel a lot smarter. Oh, most definitely. So um, where can our listeners uh, find you on Facebook and uh, all those wonderful media sites? What easy is just to find me over on uh, Twitter at Moose Media Inc. Uh, and folks, if you've enjoyed the show, feel free to listen to some of our backlog where we've talked about other... Uh, other 60s television shows with uh, Paul and some other guests as well. Uh, go check out his show, uh, The uh, Moose's Monster Mash and Bullspit with Moose. Uh, feel free to shoot us an email at uh, 60sreboot at gmail.com and uh, go check out the Electronic Media Collective where this podcast can be found as well as Moose's podcasts. So uh, thanks again, Moose, for stopping by. It, it was a blast. And everyone have a wonderful night.
It was. Oh yeah. I don't know how many times I had to cut out the word parody <laughs> <laughs> before the show becomes a parody of itself. Exactly. <laughs>